Hi, this is Christian Kuhn. I am the pastor of Emerging Ministries at Urban Village Church. Happy Easter. Uh, You're probably either listening to this either on Easter Day or still past Easter Sunday in the Easter season. So I hope this news of resurrection and new life are with you. I am going to be uh, reflecting on the common passage that we read on Easter Sunday. This is John 20. Normally we go verses 1 through 18. I'm going to bump it one more verse. This will be through verse 19. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabunai, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the, to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. May God's blessing be on their hearing and living out of this word. So as of last Monday, I became officially um, available, officially uh, ready to receive the vaccination. I'm not sure what the word is I'm looking for. <laughs> I, um, I now qualified. We're Illinois, or at least in Chicago, had gone down to what's called level 1C. And uh, I qualified in that area because I am a religious professional and they are included in that group of people. So I had heard all kinds of different stories about how to sign up for the vaccination, stories of uh, long waiting, stories of frustration, a few stories of, oh, it went great. It was so easy. So I was a little bit apprehensive about going through the process. So I posted on Facebook and kind of asked for advice from others who have been through this and got lots of good advice and counsel from people. And so 
was all ready to do that. One of the things that I did was I signed up for the Cook County um, registry. And part of that means that you get a text and it will tell you uh, that the county through its various places is setting up appointments to get a vaccination. And it gives you the instructions on the text, log in at this time. And I thought, this is great. This is going to be easy. So the very first time I got the text said, log in at 6 p.m. And so I thought, oh, this is going to be a piece of cake. And so I dutifully waited by my phone and clicked uh, on the link right at 6 p.m. and then went uh, and it took me to this website. And then it told me I was in this virtual waiting room. Now, this was 6 p.m. and my wife and son and I were planning on going out to eat that night. And so I saw that you're in this virtual waiting room. Don't do anything. It will refresh on its own. So I kind of held the phone and didn't want to mess with it at all because I didn't want to lose any kind of place. But then what popped up was the numbers that were in front of me. And those numbers were there are 25,000 people waiting for an appointment and there are 9,000 openings. And I thought, well, that's like a one in three chance, right? So those aren't too bad of odds. So I just kind of waited. And then sure enough, the screen would refresh on its own. So every few seconds, it would flash. And I thought, oh, here I go. I'm, I'm going to be in. And then it would go back to 25,000 waiting, 9,000 openings. So that happened for about five minutes. And then the next numbers popped up. Now, 52,000 people waiting, 7,000 openings. And I'm like, wait a minute, these odds are getting worse as I'm, as I'm waiting here. And it just kept getting, the next one was 75,000 people waiting, 5,000 openings. And it just kind of happened like that. And so I was in this limbo of not really knowing what to do. How long do I wait? How long is this going to last? Am I supposed to stay on this virtual waiting room for an hour, two hours? Will it end in just a matter of minutes? And so we were going to go out to eat. So now we have to put that on hold as I try to figure out how long do I wait? Well, it turned out I waited 25 minutes uh, and no luck at all, but still had those little hints of hope when it would refresh. And I think, oh, okay, now, now, now I'll get in, but no, I will say that thankfully I did get registered via another way yesterday. So I'm all set uh, to get my vaccinations starting next week. That kind of describes this feeling of stuck and not wanting, not sure what to do next. And I think that kind of describes what we're all going through right now. We are in this as a society. We are in this in-between time. We have lived through this most painful of years. Now going, it's a little more than a year. But because of the vaccine... And for those who have been vaccinated, there seems to be a light at the end of the tunnel. So it's like progress. Here in Chicago, slowly things are opening up a little bit. But then we've been reading in the last couple of weeks that the numbers of people who have COVID and hospitalizations are spiking again, both in Chicago and around the world. And so you can almost hear this worldwide collective groan, like, are we ever going to get out of this? It seems like there is that proverbial one step forward and two steps back. 
there's an Irish poet that I enjoy. His name is John O'Donohue, and he has written, he writes a lot of blessings, or he wrote a lot of blessings. And one blessing was called In the Interim Time. And part of that blessing goes like this. He writes, you are in this time of the interim where everything seems withheld. The path you took to get here has washed out. The way forward is still concealed from you. And that explains things and summarizes things so well. The path that we took, the, our past, it's, we hear so often, like this past year feels like it's been 10, and the way forward is still concealed. We don't know where we are going. And so while we are in this in-between time that we're living in, and it is unprecedented, but we can also look back perhaps there are other moments in history of this in-betweenness, and today's passage gives us one of those times. Mary, as we read in John, is living in this in-between time. She's doing so in a couple of different ways. First, she is literally at dawn, this transition, this in-between from night until day. It is a new day, but it is still dark. It is hard to see. It is hard to fathom even, maybe because of lack of sleep for those who have a hard time getting up in the morning. So she's literally in this in-between time from night until day at dawn. Second, in this in-between time, she is in mourning, but it could be considered a very different kind of mourning. She is no doubt devastated because of Jesus' death, but there is this nagging feeling that something might be happening. Because as she is there at the tomb by herself, maybe in her own mind some reflections go on through her, through her heart and through her head, because didn't Jesus say that he would somehow miraculously, inconceivably return? And so maybe Mary wondered, do I dare to believe that? We see numerous examples of Jesus hinting this at this in the Gospel of John. One example is John 14, 3. Jesus says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. So Mary is in this weird limbo of mourning, feeling devastated, at Jesus' death, but also remembering he said something about coming back. Do I dare believe that? How am I supposed to be feeling? And no doubt so many of us have that feeling throughout this past year. How are we supposed to be feeling with so much death going on? And yet we are supposed to live our lives and sometimes we read articles that say we should take advantage of this time of reconnections to family, and yet there is so much loss. How are we supposed to be feeling? Well, one thing Mary is sure of is that she needs others to share this mystery with her. So she goes to get Peter and the disciple. Now, Peter and the disciple are avatars of people who need to know and need to believe now. How many of you out there are not great at the whole being patient thing? Well, Peter and this other disciple are your characters in this story. They run 
Peter is the one who is, he's running and Peter essentially wins the race. The other one though, takes the bold choice and looks inside and the text tells us that he immediately believes. And then just as soon as Peter and the disciple arrive, they leave again. No time for reflection, no time for waiting, no time for unpacking, no time for let's just, let's sit around and, and unpack our, our emotions and ask one another, how are you feeling right? There's none of that. Peter and the disciple, boom, we run there. I believe, says the disciple, and then they're gone. And now Mary is still there. And we don't know, was this helpful? Was the disciple showing up helpful for her at all? But she still lingers. She waits, no doubt wondering what to make of everything. She is still in this in-between time. I was reading this really great article this week uh, by um, a, a writer named Debbie Thomas. It's the, art, the title of the article is Learning to Embrace the In-Between Time. And she talks about how when we are in this moment of limbo, emotional limbo, of not sure how we are supposed to be feeling about things, she writes this, part of the problem is that our culture doesn't train us to navigate what she calls interim time gracefully. I'm primed, she writes, I'm primed to expect instant gratification in daily life. And anymore, if we don't look at our phones for just two minutes, we begin perhaps to sweat a little bit or our pulses begin to race because we might be missing something. This is that FOMO big time, fear of missing out. And also, we are so used to getting things so quickly. We can have something delivered right to our doorstep, or we can receive it via some sort of device too, and it just keeps getting faster and faster. So if we have to wait even for minutes, like when I was in this virtual waiting room, like, ugh, I didn't make it again when I would, when the screen would flash. But Debbie Thomas writes this, and yet in the Bible, interim time is not only the norm, it's nearly a necessary human vocation. The pattern for God's people is a pattern of waiting. Adam waits for a partner. Noah waits for the floodwaters to recede. Abraham waits for a son. Jacob waits to marry Rachel. Hannah waits for Samuel. The Israelites wait for deliverance. Jesus waits to begin his public ministry. Maybe what we need is not an end to interim time, but a greater willingness to mine its treasures. What can God teach us in the in-between periods of our lives that we can't learn at other times? Limbo, in-between time, waiting. Rather than just anxiously thinking about what is to be, can we also get a sense that maybe something can happen surprising, miraculous, in the uncertainty, and as we wait, and as we try to figure out how we're feeling and what's going on, like Mary was at the tomb. Well, surprising things can happen, I think, during this in-between. I was reading another article this week, perhaps a story of a place where this might be one of the most common or most notable in-between places, perhaps, in our society, and that's the hospital. This place between fully healthy and fully not. And so 
time seems to stand still in hospitals and one doesn't quite know where one is, how long time is going as they wait to get back and living their normal life. I was reading this story written by uh, an author and pastor named Dosia Carlson. And she tells this story about how she was staying at Good Samaritan Hospital in Phoenix, Arizona. She was wheeled into her room at 2 a.m. She had been in the ER earlier because she was dealing with breathing problems. She wrote this, she was telling the story, this was pre-COVID. She had had weakened muscles from polio she had when she was a girl. And she was 76, so she often had to go to the hospital. She was in this room that was divided by those heavy gray curtains, and she was in the bed closest to the door. She wondered if there was someone on the other side, and soon she heard her roommate's moans. Nurses came in and out during the night to check their vital signs. Her roommate sighed gently, but they didn't speak. Around 6 a.m., following a restless night, She heard her roommate clear her throat. She was awake. Here they were, these two women not communicating. And so Dosia wrote, I decided to risk offending her by saying just a few words. Good morning. And the woman responded. And they had a few exchanges. And the woman in her heavily accented English asked, Would you like to watch the sunrise? We can see it from my window. And Dosia said, yes, I would. Maria, she now learned her roommate's name, Maria lowered herself from the bed and that big, heavy, gray curtain, she pulled it back and Dosia looked out through the hospital window and she wrote, a gentle gray sky greeted us. In silence, we saw streaks of soft pink turned into a bright apricot. Sturdy red rays appeared quietly. As the sun gradually appeared through our window, I felt an overwhelming sense of awe and wonder. And Maria kept repeating, Gracias, adios. Gracias, adios. Thanks be to God. And then she took out her phone and started playing How Great Thou Art, sung in Spanish. Dosia said, we both inhaled the beauty and the marvel of daybreak. And they were roommates for two more days. And each morning, Maria would say, do you want to share the sunrise? And every time she would play How Great Thou Art. Maria was discharged and she wrote, Dosia wrote, we knew we would probably never see each other again. But when I experience the drama of dawn, I often remember her and I chant, Gracias a Dios. The dawn, the in-between time, between night and day. Thanks be to God in those moments that we can share with one another. I was so moved by this story that... Dosia had written that I looked her up. I wanted to know something about her. And so I searched her on the internet and discovered that she died of COVID in January. And according to the obituary, in her journal, she wrote this. This was her last entry in her journal. I'm going into the promised holy life, grateful for each of you. Live in peace, love working for justice. 
I am moving calmly into the divine light. She was in that in-between time, near the end of this life and just beginning the next one. Like the sun breaking through in the morning, whether we are near a lakefront or we're in a hospital room, glorious things can happen in the in-between. And that includes at a tomb 2,000 years ago. A strange man shows up. The gardener? No. Jesus himself is in sort of an in-between. I have not yet ascended to my father, he said. But despite that, he is near. He shows up. He brings peace. In the waiting, in the in-between, when we yearn for life as we know it, let us remember and celebrate that because of that morning, because of that in-between time, because Jesus was there, now nothing separates us from God. Nothing separates us from God. There is no time in the day Night or day, dawn or dusk, nothing separates us. As we're waiting for eagerly anticipating the end of the pandemic, looking back at the horrors of what have happened, nothing separates us from God. Peace is with us. John O'Donohue ends his blessing by saying this. What is being transfigured here is your mind, and it is difficult and slow to become new. The more faithfully you can endure here, the more refined your heart will become for your arrival in the new dawn. May you experience that new dawn as we eagerly await and as we sit now in the in-between, knowing that Christ is risen. And we will never be alone in the midst of all moments of our lives. Amen. Well, friends, thank you for listening. Hope you continue to listen to these Urban Village uh, podcasts. Uh, you can always check out. In fact, we are, uh, we are launching a brand new website at Urban Village within the next few days. So go check that out, uh, urbanvillagechurch.org. If you'd like to know anything about the, my writings and my own uh, Failing Boldly podcast, actually there'll be a new episode of that coming out in the next week or so, uh, you can go to my website, christiancoon.com. Thanks again for listening. The Lord, my-